Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. We're not going to be regulating individual users. We'll be regulating the platforms themselves. There are 42 offence-based harms that are set out in the Act. These are things like child sex abuse material, non-consensual intimate image sharing, terrorist content, harassment, incitement to hatred. Because I think 11 of the 19 very large online platforms or search engines are established here in Ireland, we will have a very important role to work hand in glove with the European Commission in relation to that. People also need to have somewhere they can go as a last resort to, to deal with ensuring that their particular piece of, of, of imagery or data that they're concerned about is taken down if it offends against uh, an online safety code. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square helps you solve your business needs from online ordering and menu management to payments. Visit square.com for more. Now, online safety is a topic that we've all struggled to tackle. And the reason is that some of the answers and solutions seem intractable. Like, when does free speech end and online safety start? Or when should companies be allowed or mandated to ask for age verification? And are we willing to sacrifice some privacy to allow big tech scan our phones or online services for legal material? Well, a lot of these questions are now falling into the lap of this week's guest, Online Safety Commissioner Niamh Hodnett. Niamh, you're very welcome to the podcast. Niamh, what is happening online now that is not currently being tackled by the big platforms? Where are the gaps? Adrian, thanks for having me in here today. So at the moment, there's a self-regulatory regime in place, so it's not underpinned by effective regulation. There's a lot of good work being done by the platforms, but we think in order to be able to ensure that that's effectively overseen and that it's effectively carried out, it's very important we put the basic building blocks of regulation in place this year. Mm. So that's what we've set out in our work plan. So this year, we're going to be designating the video sharing platform services for regulation, and we're going to be consulting on what should be in our first online 
safety code. And that online safety code was that binding obligations on the platform, so on the video sharing platform services to ensure that they they comply with what's set out in an online safety code and that they comply with their regulatory obligations. And then that online safety code is underpinned by effective enforcement sanctions, both civil and criminal. Mm. And in very general terms, we're all aware of some of the problems that we see online uh, where people cross the line or where uh, behaviour is is very bad. But when you're thinking about this and when you sit down to, to build these codes and set the rules effectively, what are the, the things that you see happening online which you're going to have to remedy? So our Act, the Online Safety Media Regulation Act, sets out the types of harmful content online that we mm. will have to address in our online safety code. And the types of harmful content online set out in the Act are things like cyberbullying, um, promoting or encouraging self-harm or suicide, promoting or encouraging eating or feeding disorders, making available um, knowledge or methods of self-harm and suicide. And in addition, there are 42 offence-based harms that are set out in the Act. These are things like child sex abuse material, non-consent intimate image sharing, mm. terrorist content, harassment, incitement to hatred. So these are the types of issues that we want to address in our first online safety code. So we want the plat- we're not going to be regulating individual users. We'll be regulating the platforms themselves and we want them to reduce or minimize the types of There's a huge content. amount in all of that. Absolutely massive amount of, of issues and, and behavior types. What is it that the platforms aren't doing at the moment that necessitates an office like yours? Many of the platforms are doing very good work in this space already under their existing self-regulatory regimes. But the time now has come for it to move from a time of self-regulation to a period of effective regulation. And that's what Commission Naman is going to be doing. So we have a few tools. We have the Online Safety Media Regulation Act and we also have the Digital Services Act, mm. which is a European-wide regulation that's going to cover this area as well. And the types of tools that we'd be consulting on and as to what should be imposed as a measure in the online safety code will be things like age verification. So at the moment, for many platforms, a child would self-declare their age before they would get access to a particular platform. And we'll require a, a better system or more effective system to be in place to be able to ensure that children aren't accessing age-inappropriate mm. content. So age-inappropriate content under the Act would be things like pornography or gratuitous or extreme violence. Those types of content are, are not appropriate to children. And if we can't be sure of the age of the children accessing that type of content, that's the type of measure we need to address. So to look mm. at what types of effective age assurance or age verification measures are required. Another thing we'll be looking at are things like... Can I, can I just stop you yeah, on the sure. age verification? Because that's actually a really interesting one that's been debated for many years. And we've always arrived at kind of an impasse on that issue. Um, a lot of countries have tried to address it. But we've always run into this big problem. When I talk about this to, to people, I always, they always stop in horror at the notion of having to, for example, upload a passport photo or something to Meta. There, there is a, a trust issue there. Um, I know that they're looking at this in the UK at the moment. How, how are we going to get past that? Is it up to the platforms to come up with solutions to that? Or do you think that you will be building 
proposals or requirements on your side for them to, to do that? I think it'll be both, um, Adrian. So we're going to be next week publishing a call for inputs as to what should be in our first online safety code. Um, so as I was saying, our plan this year is to put the basic building blocks of regulation in place. So we'll be going out with a wide call for inputs next week, asking everyone, the public, yourself, we'd love to be delighted if you'd respond as well, um, the platforms themselves and civil societies as to what should be in that first online safety code and how we should address these horny issues like age verification. Because as you say, um, it's it's not black and white. There's no silver bullet solution. And if we were to mandate one potentially in a code, then that could be eclipsed by time or innovative um, solutions that could be developed by safety tech. Now, I think you have been visiting with uh, the Australian uh, e-safety commissioner, Julian Min Grant, formerly worked at Twitter. Um, I've, I know some of her colleagues. And that has been seen as one of the uh, the early authorities in this space. Um, what kind of challenges have they run into that, that you're taking note of? So we're working very closely with the Australian E-Safety Commissioner, Julian Mungrant, grant mm. and also Jill Whitehead and Ofcom in the UK. And we're all members together of the Global Online Safety Regulators Network. So we've had several calls and meetings as part of the Global Online Safety Regulators Network. And um, we're also working closely with the European Commission, who will be the lead regulator under the G- Digital Services Act for the very large online platforms and the very large online search engines. But because I think 11 of the 19 very large online platforms platforms or search engines are established here in Ireland, mm. we will have a very important role to work hand in glove with the European Commission in relation to that, as well as the other regulators throughout the EU. But in terms of Julie and the work of the Safety Commission in Australia, they are very much leading the way in this space because they've been established for more than seven years. So they've been at the coal face. Um, Julie's been very generous in sharing her expertise with us, in particular in relation to designing the plane while flying it, which mm. is where we are at this point in time in Ireland as we're ramping up with recruitment to be able to deliver on the important mandate. So what I've learned from Julie in particular is that systemic regulation alone is not sufficient to address all the issues. So yes, it's really important we put all the regulatory building blocks in place this year, which will bring about a reduction in harmful content online. And yes, it's very important that we will monitor that next year for compliance and ensuring that everyone's complying with the rules that we set in our online safety code. But what's also important is the complaints um, handling framework. And that I've learned from Julie because People feel this so immediately and so emotively and so individually that it's cold comfort to know there's going to be systemic regulation or enforcement case taken. People also need to have somewhere they can go as a last resort to to deal with ensuring that their particular piece of, of, of imagery or data that they're concerned about is taken down if it offends against mm. uh, an online safety code. Now, just to stay with Australia, you mentioned uh, CSAM or child sexual abuse imagery um, earlier, one of the things the Australians are trying to grapple with at the moment is how to to battle that. And I think they've just rejected proposals from some of the big uh, platforms there, particularly with regard to storage services like iCloud and Dropbox. And this is likely to be one of the crunch issues all over the world, Ireland, Australia, anywhere else. So as you know, two years ago, Apple tried to introduce a system where they would scan for known hashtags of CSAM material, uh, child abuse imagery material, um, at the point where it was going from an iPhone to iCloud. And they were 
you know, given lots of plaudits from the safety community. But the privacy community kicked up and they abandoned that. They abandoned that move um, and they, they, they've retrenched and they're, they're deciding what they'll do next. Now, in Australia, what they seem to be doing is saying, we do want something closer to that original Apple proposal because this is a very serious issue. Um, do you think that's going to be a crunch issue? Is that the kind of issue that could be tough here as well? Um, the types of issues that will be mandating or consulting on the online safety code, it, it'll be more at a principal level. But CSAMIA is a key concern for all mm. of us. In Ireland, Hotline.ie do great work in the area of removing CSAM. They're part of the InHope network. And we've been talking with them as to how best to address the CSAM issue and to learn from their experience to date. Also yesterday speaking with the Internet Watch Foundation um, in the UK, another member of the InHope network who deal with CSAM to learn from them and discussing the matter with Jill from Ofcom last week as well when she was over in Dublin and we are very concerned to ensure in so far as possible there's, there's a consistent application of these hash lists and that is being there is um, use of these hash lists already being used by many of, of the, the tech Google companies Google users Yes for example and they would many of them would, would, would obtain these services from IWF or from other similar organisations and um, all the different InHope networks would, would use those two to remove So would you be hoping in an ideal world for, as you say, uniformity across platforms on that. I think a consistent use of of these types of hashed images does benefit the removal of CSAM. Um, we've also seen, though, now more recently in relation to artificial intelligence that CSAM material can also be generated in that way. And what I'd be more concerned in the online safety code and we'll be consulting on it is how do we ensure children are protected so that they are not being groomed through the different apps they use so that the default is that they are not, um, that their settings are set to private so they're not being approached by strangers mm. and asked to share. I, yeah, that, I think this is a slightly separate issue, an important but a slightly separate issue, because I am conscious that Apple before, when they were in a previous row with a previous British Prime Minister, David Cameron, there was an issue over encryption. And we hear this from time to time. We hear it from our own police commissioner, our own guard commissioner, um, Drew Harris, before the general frustration that authorities and police force in particular feel with encryption. And the British wanted to... I'm paraphrasing here, but create a backdoor into encryption for the purposes of policing. And Apple went as far as to say they were going, they would pull iMessage and iCloud from the UK market if they were forced to do that. So that's that's the background. That's the context against which this will happen. And I can probably see Apple doing the same in Australia, you know. So welcome to the, <laughs> the regulatory party, I guess. But I, so my question was, in a general view viewpoint, is this what you're going to be hoping to establish when you build the codes or do you have any original thinking right at this point on that issue? So on the codes we'll be consulting, so doing the call for inputs yesterday, taking everyone's view. So the platform's views, the civil society views, individuals' views, NGOs' views as to what should be in that first online safety code. The types of measures that we'll be considering for the first online safety code, which will be addressed at video sharing platform services, so a subset of platforms, um, would be those measures that are set out in the Audiovisual Media Services Directive, Article 28B. So the obligations will be on the platforms to reduce or minimise the harmful content online. That would include CSAM, but it's for them then to decide how they would best implement that. And then 
enforcement will start when? Next year? Next year, yes. So enforcement will start next year. Now, bear in mind, the online safety code is one of our tools. There's also the Digital Services Act. So the Digital Services Act, the European-wide regulation, that will apply across the EU from um, from February 2024, so February next year. However, for the very large online platforms and very large online search engines, that will kick in from the 25th of August this year. Mm. So we will already, platforms are already gearing up to improve safety in general, whether it's for the day ESA or for in anticipation of our own online safety codes. Even though the 25th of August is one date and February 2024 mm. is, is another date. I mean, you've already interacted with the platforms. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think you were involved in requesting them to take down the video of a Meath teenager who was being uh, bullied uh, and assaulted. I think you said that initially um, they were slow to do it. Is that is that right? And we've been meeting with all the platforms and with Technology Ireland who represent mm. many of the platforms in Ireland since we've taken office to meet with them to understand their views, their concerns and where they are in their safety journey because a lot of them have taken a lot of steps already to put in place good protections but these aren't yet underpinned by effective regulation and for some there's a gap analysis so there's a way to go before they're yet at the, the level we would of no, behaviour expect the, to did see. Did you not ask them to take down that? I, th- I think I thought I read an interview with you where you said that you actually engaged with them to take down that video of the 14 year old. But I also think I saw that they were a bit slow to do so and you had to go back to them to speed Um, them up. And I think different platforms are in different stages of their journey. So in relation to that particular matter, I did contact the main platforms in Ireland um, to ensure that they were taking down that video and that it wouldn't be re-uploaded and to issue me with a report in relation to that. Some of them had already taken it down. Some of them had never been on their their platform had been intercepted at the outset. And some of them we we had to engage and and they all did engage and they Mm. all did take it down and they all did provide me with the report. So was that just you kind of getting in on the job early or was was that just uh, did you already have a relationship with them or I mean I think I saw on the Late Late Show the Tonish to Michal Martin it was a little bit unfair I think he he name checked you he was asked about this question by Ryan Tuberty about the 14 year old and um, he name checked the online safety commission said you know I, I hope the online safety commissioner would, would do something about it. I actually thought that was slightly unfair in the context to, to do that because you're you're not supposed to be enforcing yet um, but was it a combination of that stuff is, is that kind of why or, or are you doing more of this in the background we'd, we'd already met with all the platforms mm. and engaged them so we'd established uh, that relationship with them I'd already contacted the platforms at, at that stage in relation to that matter um, and, and they did engage in they did cooperate. Um, but you're quite right, we won't have our enforcement tools. We're not fully functional yet until we have the building blocks. That's why they're so important to put those in place this year. And then we'll have our enforcement tools under the Online Safety Act, um, Online Safety Media Regulation Act next year in place. And then we'll be able to monitor for compliance. Um, but in, in egregious matters, we will take own initiative investigations or otherwise we'll be responding to complaints when we receive them. Have you done um, that with, with anything else other than that one video that the... No, we've, I mean, we've just been, I suppose we've been engaged with all the platforms on a range of issues um, uh, to date, but we haven't our enforcement powers yet in place. No, now, but did you ask them? Because you asked them to take a video down and, and they did, in fairness. Um, but are you sort of, have you done anything else like that with the platforms? Have you asked them to take anything else down? This year, no, it's very much going to be designating them for regulation and consulting on the online safety code and adopting so that. So that. that was a one-off, wasn't uh, it? That was a one-off okay. so far, yes. Um, 
However, you know, we'll be expecting them once the Digital Services Act is in place and once our code is in place to be effectively dealing with complaints. So when they receive a complaint to remove a piece of content or a request to remove, we'll expect that to be dealt with in a timely and effective way. So that's the type of behaviour we'll be looking to impose um, at a systemic level across the sector so that we won't have to be intervening in these cases because their own systems will be picking this up and will be dealing with mm. the complaints in an effective and quick manner. So that's the type of change in behaviour we expect to see as a result of both the Digital Services Act and the Online Safety Code. I talked to the DPC quite a bit and one of the things that they do, their modus operandi, is really to be in fairly constant communications with the platforms rather than a continental European approach, which is a German approach, which is just be, be very hard and adversarial. Now, a lot of experts I know in the field say that that system works in terms of getting results. It also means that Meta and Google and the rest don't launch products which are guaranteed to fail because they have an inkling in advance um, that uh, that it won't. So we saw that with uh, um, several Meta products. I won't go through the list here. Is that how you're thinking of of dealing with with the platforms? Is is that it, it's not a collab? That's a bad word, but it's more of a consultative, certainly a communicative approach, say with the platforms, rather than a separation of church and state. And we'll only talk to you when we're, you know, uh, trying to bring you to book for something. I think overall our approach is very much to engage in consultation. So we're going to be consulting with the platforms in relation to their designation for regulations of the video sharing platform services. Again, next week we're going to be publishing our wide call for inputs and we're asking everyone, the platforms included, what should we be putting in our first online safety code? Then we'll be consulting again on that first online safety code before we adopt that. So in that regard, a very consultative approach listening to everyone's views and balancing not just the views of the platforms, but mm. also of civil societies, of um, NGOs, of, of all users, essentially. Um, but there will come a time next year and in relation to specific enforcement matters where a different approach is required in relation to particular enforcement cases. Um, but otherwise, no, we would hope to have a very ongoing mm. um, relationship with the platforms that we regulate and to engage in them in, in relation to a range of matters. Just lastly, um, you're now the online safety commissioner. As long as I've been covering this subject, uh, you know, many, many years, it has been a very topical one. Are you ready for, you know, to be name checked in every radio conversation, like weekly or chat show or or article? Why isn't the online safety commissioner doing something? But like this is now what you've inherited. This is the mantle that that you that you have. So um, are, are you kind of ready for that? I think it's a privilege to be Ireland's first online safety commissioner and I'm learning a lot from um, others in this space, including Julie in Australia. But I think it's important to remember that I'm not alone. So I'm part of one of currently four commissioners in mm. Commission the Man. We're led by an executive chair. We also have a broadcasting commissioner and a media development commissioner. We will be joined later this summer by a digital services commissioner who will um, be liaising with the European Commission and with our other digital service coordinators in other EU member states. You're, you're going to be the person because you are the online safety commissioner. Um, it, it, we always look for shorthand, you know, when we're talking about who's in charge. Um, Helen Dixon, her name is often interoperable with the uh, Data Protection Commission role. It's possible that your name and Eve Hodnett will also be interchangeable. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I can see the look in your eyes now. I'm not trying to freak you out. <laughs> but um, 
I guess I'm asking, are you ready to be the person who's identified as, you know, Ms. Online Safety for Ireland? And I suppose there to say, I'm working with a College of Commissioners in Commission de Man, and we're going to be taking all our big decisions as a College of Commissioners. So I'm not alone as Miss Online Safety for Ireland. But you're, you'll be the one whose picture is used, as you see. I, we have a range of pictures on our website for all the commissioners. Oh, uh, yeah. And we'll have I've a taken pictures service. of Jeremy Godfrey myself. Yeah. We'll have a digital service commissioner also. So very important to note that we will be working together as a college of commissioners and making all our big decisions. And that's five commissioners. Mm. So I'm not alone in this space. And I think that's very important to note as well, that we are all talking as commissioners and making all the big decisions together. OK, Neve Hodnett, Online Safety Commissioner and uh, member of Commission the Man. Thank you very much for joining us. And that's that's all we have time for this week on The Big Tech Show. My thanks to Tabitha Monaghan, who produced to Gavin Hennessy on sound. And the, you, you've been looking at this uh, podcast, which is in association with Square. My name is Adrian Weckler, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla cold butt of a gun and put into the back of your skull that's a moment where you go okay yeah I think this one's up How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open I'm Not Here to Hurt You a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily That November day that's where it all, all begins Out now wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>